I'm just I'm just glad I could change the program for the next uh, people coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it for the rest of my life, you know? Flush it. Flush this victory. I mean, uh, we call it 24-hour rule. Feel it. Feel good in it. You know, obviously as a senior, uh, we want to keep this jersey on for as long as we can. This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, reporter with SB Live. The WIAA state football playoffs are here. The brackets are out as we record this. They just came out a couple hours ago here on Sunday, November 7th. The matchups are set. Joining me here is the uh, pride of Tacoma, a senior reporter with SB Live. Uh, And if you caught the NFHS uh, Eli Sports Network feed today announcing and breaking down the brackets, He's also uh, an expert uh, and, and somebody who's already talked about these brackets for very well for a very long time already today. He's Todd Millis. Uh, Todd, how you doing? Yeah, you know me. I'm I'm your I'm your uh, quintessential bracketologist, man. Breaking down the 88 teams that are in the state playoffs. No, it was a lot of fun. A little, some surprises. We did, we have a lot to talk about, Andy. But uh, some interesting matchups, some surprises, and in uh in a lot of the brackets um not saying that it's bad surprises it's just not the way you and i see the state but um let's uh you know we have a lot to talk about let's just say that yeah no question uh those uh those six classification brackets were seated by uh state seating committees one for each classification those are made up by athletic directors and coaches from around the state uh they are supposed to be representative of all corners of the state and at the 3A, 4A level, we got a glimpse of how they felt about the field going in based on how they seeded them a week ago, uh, based on how kind of they did that at the 3A, 4A level, seeding the preliminary round. We're going to jump into it. Usually uh, we talk on this podcast uh, here right on the heels uh, of the weekend uh, of action. We usually talk about kind of what we saw, where we were. Um, we're not going to do that. We're just going to focus on these brackets today on this episode. But if you do want to read up on some of the great matchups across the state, uh, we were, SB Live was all over the place. Uh, Todd was at games. I was at games. We had correspondence in, you know, most corners of the state covering the big matchups. And uh, there were some upsets. There were a lot of fun games. And if we get to them, if we can work it in, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about those in these seating breakdowns. But scorebooklive.com slash Washington and the SB Live Sports app are going to be where you want to find those breakdowns. But let's just jump into it. And Todd, I say we start at the top with 4A. Uh, I'm going to read through the 4A matchups in the round of 16 uh, really quickly just to speed through it. And then we will jump into um, a couple of questions that we'll ask about each classification. So Starting at the top of the bracket, number 11 seed Moses Lake goes and takes on Gonzaga Prep in Spokane. 14 seed Richland travels and takes on Lake Stevens. 10 seed Skyview travels to take on 7 seed Sumner. 15 seed Eastmont of the Big Nine travels across the state to take on 2 seed Eastlake from the Kinko. And 12 seed Puyallup uh, hits the road and heads to Camas, Washington, home of a very big paper mill to take on the five-seed papermakers. 13-seed North Creek 
takes on four seed Kamiakin. Nine seed Bothell goes to Glacier Peak, who's an eight seed. And 16 seed Kentwood hits the road and gets to take on number one seed Graham Kapowson, which leads us into our first question. Who is the one seed in 4A and uh, why are they the one seed? And that's a team we've talked about a lot this season, uh, heading into the preseason, going wall-to-wall at number one, running the table in a tough 4A a SPSL league. Uh, the Graham Kapowson Eagles uh, t- are at the top of this bracket, Todd. No surprises there, uh, but what do you expect this postseason? Uh, what are kind of the, the questions that, that you're asking yourself about these Eagles uh, here from the jump? Yeah, I mean, they're the definitive one seed in this bracket. Uh, they have been since the preseason. They've done nothing to um, thwart that uh, line of thinking. Uh, questions about the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, how many more gears do they have? It just it, it feels like they've been... You know, because they're so much better than the teams they've played, um, they've just sort of been winning games in first or second gear. I mean, they've just they've done just enough to to win games convincingly. Uh, you know, I don't think we've seen Joshua Woods' best game, most complete game, and and what he's done so far still has been pretty remarkable. I just it just feels like they've got a couple gears left. The deeper this thing goes on, uh, I'm just wondering. How many gears? Uh, because they are talented. They are the most complete team in 4A. They have the best offense and defensive fronts. Um, they might have the best quarterback in 4A. Uh, I mean, they're just loaded all over the place with a lot of seniors. So questions about them? Who's going to be kicking, maybe? You know, I mean, their special teams is probably a little below average. If you want to nitpick, I think it's their biggest weakness. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they kick off. Uh, they'll probably play at Art Crate Field Friday or Saturday, hosting the Conks. And, uh and then we'll take it from there. You know, I, I didn't expect to be talking about the uh, special teams unit uh, from the Eagles, but here we are. Uh, we're going to head straight into our next question. Who is the biggest snub in 4A? I've got an answer. Uh, Todd, well, let's start with you. Yeah, this, 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 might be the, this might be the thing that caught my eye the most of all the brackets, Andy, and it's, it's, uh, it's the way that these seating committees looked at the Greater Spokane League. I was... I was I was surprised that that uh, Gonzaga Prep is a six seed. I think that's the biggest surprise of the bracket. If you know they get to play Moses Lake, and congratulations by the way to Brett Jay and that group getting an eleven seed and and um, and and getting being back in the state playoffs. But it sets up a a quarterfinal potential quarterfinal matchup with Lake Stevens. I mean, this was our number two and our number three teams pretty much all year in our preseason rank or in our or top 10 rankings in four yeah. yeah, and now, now they could be facing off in the quarterfinals. I, I just don't get it. I don't know what more Gonzaga prep could have done. They, they won, they, they, they ran the table last spring in the GSL and won convincingly. They did the same thing this fall. Um, so I, I just, I don't understand the, the line of thinking of, of, of having them at a six seed. And then when we talk about the three, the three, a bracket too, amounts book can be an intensity. I just, I don't understand the, this, this perception of the, of the GSL. Um, but maybe you have some thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, we can get to Mount Spokane in a second. I can kind of track the line of thinking of the seeding committee with that 10 seed. Uh, not that I necessarily agree with it. Um, but with, with Gonzaga prep, you're right. I mean, I saw these team, this team play, uh, you know, 15 seed Eastmont creamed them early in the season. Eastmont was shorthanded, but this is more a reflection of how the seating committee views, uh, I think, 
Gonzaga prep than how the seating committee views the GSL. Um, or, or maybe it's both because uh, they took care of Central Valley, a round of 32 team that lost to Richland, uh, who is the 14 seed here over the weekend. Won that game 35-7, uh, beat Mount Spokane uh, by eight, and and took care of Chiawana. Uh, that game was over early uh, in Spokane on Friday. So I don't follow the line of thinking either. Uh, but that being said, I think that you know these top five, six seeds in uh, in four A are all really good. Um, and gosh, I can't. I buried the lead here. And I have a lot of respect for what Kansas has put together this season. Um, but, you know, still wears four losses. And, like, you know, <laughs> it's it losses to great, great teams in Oregon. Uh, but I, I think this G prep at six is more a, kind of a reflection of, of the seating committee. Uh, and, and I really wonder how the conversation went in that room. So next question Um I was going to ask this question. We, we kind of already – it's a little bit of a similar question, but biggest surprise, um, you know, I you mentioned it, but Moses Lake at number 11, I think the seating committee showing a lot of respect to head coach Brett Jay and what he's done there. Um, I didn't expect to see Moses Lake this high, but, I, uh, you know, I certainly applaud them. They ran the table in the big nine uh, under a first-year head coach in a program that has not very not won very many games in the last few years. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's really impressive. I, I can't tell whether it, it's, it's more reflective of the, of the big nine. Um, but that being said, uh, hats off to, to Moses Lake because, you know, they certainly deserve, they'll be hitting the road, uh, but they won't have to travel that far, um, as compared to, you know, maybe how, uh, you know, playing a West side team, but Moses Lake at 11, uh, I know you've already touched on that though, Todd. Yeah, I, there's a couple. I mean, Eastlake, you know, we, we all wondered who would be that two two seed. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have Lake Eastlake on the two line, uh, but congratulations to that group, Kyle, Kyle Snell and, and the and the four A Kinko champions, uh, with a very uh with a lot of first year seniors, uh key contributors. Um, a very good football team. I just didn't I just didn't have them with their track record. I mean Gonzaga Prep I mean, with this, with this group, it's just done it a little longer. Um, so, I, you know, I, I kind of thought that Lake Stevens, Gonzaga Prep would be in that two line. But Eastlake being on the two line was surprising. Camus being, you mentioned earlier, being on the five line was a little surprising. I understand that the losses were, were um, good losses to, to Oregon teams, and they got hot at the right time, beat Tumwater. Um, but I just I didn't see them ahead of Gonzaga Prep. I don't think they'd beat Gonzaga Prep, to be honest with you, if they played head-to-head. And then, uh, listen, I've, I've watched Bothell enough to know, um, yeah, this is not their best team, but I didn't think they'd fall to a nine seed and have to go on the road and play Glacier Peak. Um, but again, not so, you know, so so out of, you know, the line of thinking or, or the line of reasoning, I should say. And um, But I thought, that, I thought the rest of the bracket, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Puyallup as a 12 seed will be, will be interesting going to Camus. Um, it's a team that's playing well. It's a rematch uh, so, of the 2019 playoff game. Correct. And, and I think y'all is probably kind of tired of seeing four GSHL teams in the playoffs. With, Seriously. You know. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of really interesting matchups. Um, you know, Kamayak and GK possible semifinal is, is man, I'll tell you, I, there aren't too many games I would pay 
to go see as a sports writer, but that would be one of them. I mean, those two teams potentially meeting and going at it, how physical they play, how much fun would that semifinal matchup, but that's so far away. Um, uh, not worth talking about right now. No, we'll, we'll have to just, you know, we'll have to just get our, our kind of quarterfinal fix with that Gonzaga prep league Stevens matchup. But just to touch on those two points, uh, I agree. Eastlake stands out at number two. You know, we had them at, at five in our last rankings, but you know, there's the margin I think is pretty thin at the top. Um, and, and I can see the seating committee looking at an unblemished four a Kinko champ and saying, where have we seen this before? Um, so that certainly lines up. Uh, I think the scary thing, uh, back to Camus is that, you know, it's, this is a defensively led team. Um, uh, but I don't think his its offense is 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 capped out yet. Senior John Schultz, running back, has now had three games of more than 160 yards, and two of those came against Skyview and Union. Uh, and so, as Camus kind of continues to to you know look fully formed, uh, I wonder what the ceiling of this offense is, and it's going to get a pretty good test uh, against a big Pialup defense. So, uh, best round one matchup. Uh, I'm going to go either Bothell, Glacier Peak at the 8-9 line, which isn't really fair because it's an 8-9, but uh, Pialup at Camus, uh, like I said, 2019 rematch, and Skyview at the 10 seed hitting the road and playing Sumner. I think that game could be really interesting. I think Skyview, uh, you know, sitting there at two losses is the number two out of the GSHL. Uh, I think they fell to the 10 line even despite beating Kamiak on Saturday 28 to seven at home. I was at that game and I was really impressed, uh, with Skyview's physicality, um, just how, how dominant of a defense, uh, it had and, and, you know, gave up a lot of yards, but kept that, kept that high scoring offense at Kamiak out of the end zone, held them to seven points, averaging 40, uh, a game on the season, but Skyview falls to the 10 line. I think, it's fair to say, and I, I think in the seating committee probably looked at the loss of running back corner Jaden Knapp. Uh, he was their most dynamic two-way player. Uh, he suffered a dislocated elbow against uh, in like a non-league game against Adrian Nelson of Oregon in Week Nine. Uh, I'm not really sure why he was even in that game. They won 56 to zero, I believe, and. You know, Skyview has to play without uh, without its its most dynamic two way player here. He was sitting uh, in a sling, obviously very devastated uh, on Saturday. But they hope to get him back at some. If they make a run, they might get him back. But it's it's not it's not looking like he'll be back in the near term. So, um, well, I mean, you could say the same thing, Andy, about Sumner losing Peyton Wing, their yeah, best absolutely. two player. Yeah. So I think that impacted their seating too. I agree with you, Andy. I think the Skyview at Sumner game. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's a very intriguing first round matchup. Also agree. Bothell at Glacier Peak, where that's the nature of an eight versus nine. I think the most, I, I, the matchup individually, I'd like to see Kennedy McGill, Henry Mercado. Uh, I don't, you know, North, that's a tough, that's a tall task for North Creek in its first state playoff appearance. But I think people, I hope they, I hope people in the Tri-Cities get, get, uh, get to see how, how, um, how talented Kennedy McGill is as a dual threat for, for uh, North Creek um, coming off that big win against uh, Kennedy Catholic here on Saturday. Um, But two really talented quarterbacks going at it. I expect fireworks in that game. You know, Henry Mercado gets to, gets to carry his hot season uh, MCC offensive player of the year into uh, the playoff stage against a, you know, an opponent that just won. I mean, God, Kennedy McGill, man, 
beating Kennedy Catholic on a last-second heave into the end zone, running in the two-point conversion uh, at the horn. And, boy, what what a win, what a moment for North Creek. Uh, it'll be fun, as you said, I agree, to watch them carry that momentum uh, into uh, Pasco. So, all right, we're going to head to chat about the 3A field uh, here. I'm going to break this down real quick. Starting at the top, we've got 11-seed Spanaway Lake at 6-seed Kennewick, 14-seed Kelso at 3-seed O'Day, 10-seed Mount Spokane at 7-seed Arlington, 15-seed Stanwood coming off a huge upset of Lincoln on the road, uh, takes on number 2-seed Eastside Catholic, and 12-seed Garfield takes on Marysville-Pilchuk, the 5-seed on the road, 13-seed Seattle Prep takes on 4-seed Yelm, and 9-seed Rainier Beach hits the road and takes on 8-seed Peninsula, and to round things out, 16-seed Lakes goes and takes on Bellevue, the top seed in the 3A bracket. Let's just start with Bellevue. There's a lot to chew on in this 3A bracket. We could do a whole podcast about it. Uh, We're doing, uh, but we'll start with Bellevue at the top, ran the table, played a couple of tough non-league games uh, and, you know, are at least scheduled well in the non-league and opened the season with a 54-13 win over Peninsula, which is the eight seed. Um, What do you make of of Bellevue, Todd? Uh, Obviously, you know, it has been number one in our rankings for quite some time and uh, has, you know, has not really played a close game this season and took care of business in their league. Yeah, I mean, a solid number one. I, I think it was pretty obvious after those two wins uh, with Peninsula and Lincoln uh, that Michael Knipe had something special going uh, on in that program. It seems like everybody in that program has scored a touchdown. They're very deep. They're very balanced. Although I, I will say, I heard you say that on the on the NFHS broadcast, and I, I love that because it's true. They send me their stats every week, uh, assistant coach Kyle Martin, and it was Blake Teets and William Wang uh, the the one two punch that had most of the carries this week. So, uh, but you're right. Usually they do spread the love. And did I hear a K at the beginning of of their head coach's last name? Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm gonna preach it to the world, man. So I, I want to make that K silent. I know you have in the past, but it is you know Michael Knipe. We apologize for mispronouncing that in the past, but. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just like the balance of this team. And, 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 then, and then you put in the Hanson at tight end and Daniels as a, as a big play guy. I ju- they just have a little bit of everything. They know what they are. They go about their business. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, from, from week one to, to week 10, you know, I think they've been the steadiest team in 3A. Are they, are they a lock to, to run this thing to the championship game? Uh, no. Um, I don't think they're as... Uh, as definitive as maybe a Graham Capalza, but I think they're a solid number one. I agree. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I completely understand Eastside Catholic's case for that number two seed. Um, we can get to that in a second, you know, with their four wins over teams in the field and a fifth that reached the round of 32. But let's just jump in real quick to our next question, which is who is the biggest snub? And I, I think this one might be the biggest snub in the entire uh across all classifications. And that's Rainier Beach having to hit the road um, with two losses on its schedule. Both of those losses to two-seed Eastlake at the 4A level and two-seed Eastside Catholic each by one point. Rainier Beach beat Garfield, uh, the 12-seed in the 3A bracket, 41-0. to uh, I think 
O'Day beat Garfield by, I think, a touchdown and lost to Eastside Catholic by two touchdowns. Uh, not to take away from O'Day, but more so to just drive home that this is a really good Rainier Beach team that I expect to go and win this weekend at Peninsula. And this is a team that when when they saw, I mean, when head coach Corey Sampson saw the round of 32 matchup and saw it be hitting the road um, in uh, the round of 32, just said, "Uh oh, here we go." You know, I think this seating committee is is you know might might put us uh, give us a road game in the round of sixteen, and and he he didn't he didn't mince words. He said, "I don't agree with it." We I've said this all along, all season, um, but you know they're going to treat it as a business trip, uh, and you know settle it between the lines. I don't get it, Andy. I really don't get it. But the points that you just made, we've talked about the Metro League. It's the it's the deepest, most talented three A league. In football in the state, not even close. You, you talked about Eastside Catholic being a two, O'Day being a three, and the drop off in seating is is far more discriminatory than the, the drop off in in uh, you know production and talent. Rainer Beach shouldn't be a nine seed. They shouldn't be going to Peninsula. They should be hosting Peninsula at the very, very, very worst. And um, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't get it. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the committee was looking at um, with this. I don't know if they were afraid to put three Metro teams in the top eight. I, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the worst looks of all the brackets. I, I agree with that. I, I think Spanaway Lake being an 11 too, uh, you know, it's not their fault that they had three COVID pauses and I know they don't take into account what, um, what people do in the spring, but I, I was surprised that the three APCL was looked at um, and being a Pierce County guy, the three APCL over the years has, has been far better than the three a SSC. Well, that's not, that's not the case this year in the seating. You look at young with a three seed. Um, I'm sorry. Young with a four seed and Peninsula with an eight seed. So they're both going to get ho- home games and Spanaway Lake has to travel to uh, Kennewick and Lakes gets in as the last seed. Now I understand they're, they're that's that you know they finished behind the league champ Lincoln, but a little surprise in that discrepancy, given the fact that you know over the course of time um, the three APCL has uh, has been very very good. Not notwithstanding, Peninsula's had a good run too. They're they're a well established consistent program, but in terms of talent and in head to head stuff, um, the three APCL uh, has been the better league. Yeah, I mean, and and like. It seems like there's just kind of an inconsistent um, punishing of like COVID pauses. Like you look at uh, Rainier Beach had a COVID pause. If you want to say, I, I don't know if the seating committee factored that in. It's obviously tough that we don't get those two games uh, to, to see what they would have done. But Spanaway Lake, same thing. They had a, a COVID pause to start the season. Um, and so did Peninsula at, at the ninth or at the eighth seed who's hosting a game. Uh, Peninsula, essentially, that that seating at, at, on the eight line is basically a, a, a way to say, okay, we, you know, this team is in the, is in the postseason. They've won the SSC so many years in, in a row and they're, they're in the postseason a, a lot. They've, they've got a, a head coach who's well-established and, and pretty well-respected. Um, but they didn't get a chance to play Lincoln or Yelm because of COVID of COVID pause. And, you know, that's, that's tough. That's, that's, that's just hard. I, I don't think that, you know, we talked about this with our rankings. Like we didn't, we didn't drop teams because of COVID pauses, because a lot of that is like out of the team's control, depending on who 
you know, cancels where, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Peninsula at, at eight to me is, is, you know, not maybe almost as much of a head scratcher at, you know, considering who's behind him. I can't get over week one. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I didn't even mention week one. <laughs> I mean, never mind the games Peninsula didn't play. I can't get over week one. I mean, but Bellevue went to Purdy and put on a show. 51 to 13. I had that wrong, by the way. Week one. Listen, I, I, I get it, man. You know, week one, you take it a lot of the times with a grain of salt. It's the first weekend. People are shaking off the cobwebs. It's week one of a, reg- of a long regular season. But I, so if, if we have zero to judge it against good teams, no game against Lincoln, no game against Yelm, the fishbowl they trailed, had to, had to have a, a big comeback to beat Gig Harbor. A team that 10 seed Mount Spokane beat 20 to zero. Yeah. And, and then you get, but you get beat. By Bellevue, so that's that's the one game against a really quality state type state championship type program, and you're not even in the game. I just don't see how a team like that gets a home game. I'm not saying Peninsula shouldn't be in the field. Um, they're a quality program that's accomplished a lot with Ross Filkins as a coach, but this is just this is just one I don't get. I, I can I can name a few teams nine and lower that I think I would have high, I would have as a higher seed over Peninsula. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that being said, they get the nod at the eight seed and they have to play a team that is a lot better than an eight seed. So uh, I think it all kind of all evens out for the Seahawks, although uh, it, they get to uh, host that game. So Beach is the biggest snub perhaps in the entire uh, set of brackets across all classifications. What about the best round one matchup, Todd? What's what's one matchup that you're most looking forward to this week? Out of uh, you know a few good ones, I like the Garfield at Marysville Pilchuck game. I don't know, just a lot of athletes on on the field, but even more, Seattle Prep and the way they went down and and, and beat Mountain View. You were at that game Saturday, Andy. Um, but that 13 seed Seattle Prep, a really good 13 seed, you know, as the, as kind of the fourth or fifth team out of the out of the Metro. Playing at Yelm, um, it'll be very interesting to see what Jason, what kind of defensive scheme Jason Ronquillo devises in trying to contain Braden Smith and a Seattle prep team that seems to be getting healthier and is coming off a big win or a good win down in Vancouver. I really like that game. I got to tell you about this third and 37 conversion that Braden Smith made. Did I, I, I sent you the video. Did you get a chance to watch? I did. Braden Smith drops back on third and 37. This is like a couple plays after uh, a, a play was was called back for a flag where Smith seemingly ran around the entire – he essentially escaped the entire uh, Mountain View defensive line getting into the backfield and probably the entire linebacking court too. Uh, was chased around, somehow evaded everyone, and, and completed a pass downfield. That was called back facing third and 37 – uh, he drops back, uh, like, you know, deep behind the line of scrimmage and heaves a pass. It bounces off the uh, jersey, uh, the chest of a Mount, uh, Mountain View defender and into the hands of a Seattle prep receiver. <laughs> I was in the box, in the press box, uh, with a couple reporters, uh, Meg Wachnick of the Columbian and Paul Valencia of, of Clark County today, and... <laughs> Also in that, uh, within earshot was the Mountain View assistant coaches uh, that were had their headsets on and were calling the game from up there. 
and there were no expletives, but there were some fist slams and some are you kidding me's, and you can hear it on the video in my recap of that game on the site. Uh, I have the uh, the other clip that was called Dead 2 uh, for a flag, but my goodness, did did a good Mountain View team that, that, that won the league uh, down in the 3AGSHL see a, just a dynamic Seattle prep team. That team plays so fast, Todd. That's the thing that, that you might not account for if you're just, you know, if you're either not watching games or, or you're watching games even on TV. It's like, I tried to stat that game. I mean, I did stat that game. Those guys play so fast. Uh, the defense is hardly ever set by the time they snap the ball. Um, and, you know, they've taken their lumps so far this season. I think defensively they've had a hard time stopping teams, uh, and, and they're going to have their hands full with a Yelm team that's got weapons all over the field, that's got a quarterback that can sling it, that's got a two-way stud out wide in Kyler Ronquillo and a future Power 5 linebacker in the backfield in Braden Platt, uh, who had a tremendous game this past weekend. So I agree with you. That's my pick as well. Uh, Seattle Prep Yelm, those highlights are going to be fun. Yeah, I imagine that's not the only defensive coach that slammed his fist down uh, facing Braden Smith over the years. Uh, And I would would probably say the same thing in basketball with a clipboard, so... Um, the Braden Smith show can, you know, Liz for one more week and gets it. He gets to take it to, to Yelm and, and show the folks in Thurston County what he's about. And let, and I, I don't want to forget to mention this, but I mentioned Braden Platt at Yelm, a two way standout uh, linebacker running back. And, and he's a guy that's it's getting a bunch of, you know, Pac-12 interest, a bunch of power five interest. Seattle Prep's got a, a linebacker that's that's equally as impressive right now in senior Austin Harnatil. The way that he flies around the field, it, it makes me concerned for the opposing team. He hits so hard. He, he came into uh, that week's game with, I think, like 119 tackles on the season. And they put him in the backfield uh, in their Week 9 game. And he had like 128 yards. First time, over 120 yards is first time ever as a running back. Uh, and he, he was in the backfield again. And he was kind of just... You know, when you're when you're a defense trying to keep up with the speed of that Seattle prep plays with and Braden Smith chasing him around the field and you're deep into a drive and then you get Austin Harnato out of the backfield, just pounding the ball up the middle. Uh, not fun to defend. So uh, another reason why that's a great matchup here in the first round. Let's move on to two way. How about. 2A. Gosh, let me pull this up. Starting at the top, 11-seed Othello goes and takes on 6-seed Stellicum. 14-seed Chittle Park heads to North Kitsap, the 3-seed. 10-seed WF West heads to Prosser, Washington to take on uh, the 7-seed. And 15-seed Fife goes and plays 2-seed Linden. 12-seed uh, Ording plays 5-seed Ridgefield. 13-seed Highline plays 4-seed Squalicum. And Enumclaw at the nine mark comes down and plays Hawkinson at the eight seed. Um, let's just start up top. There's no disputing who the number one team in the state is at the two A level. It's a team that might have two losses on its uh, on its schedule, but uh, those losses are to Camus uh, as a five seed and an overtime loss to one of the best teams in the state of Oregon that's played on ESPN this year, Central Catholic. So Tumwater up top at the one, the overwhelming favorite. Um, what is it about this Tumwater team uh, that differentiates it, Todd, 
from Bill Beatty's uh, and, and and even going back to Sid Otten's days, uh, those dominant teams in years past, as long as this team's been at the top of the state. Yeah, I mean, not too many 2A teams playing in Washington right now that have two Division One tight ends. Uh, Austin Terry is going to Boise State. Ryan Naughton who's going to Washington. Um, they're, they're, they're matchup problems on both sides of the ball, both uh, as pass rushers and as pass catchers. And the longer, you know, the, the more reps that, that uh, Alec Overbay gets, um, you know, he started late at quarterback, but the more reps he gets and, and the better sync he gets in with those two as a passer and gives this wing T offense a, a passing element, uh, just like it had the past couple of years. And that's, that's a big reason why they were so good. Um, they would have won a state championship if there was in 2020. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, I mean, they just, they, just, they just know how to win football games. This staff has, has, is a veteran staff. Bill Beatty's been around a long time. You know, it's, it's not easy to come in and replace a guy you played for, the, the all-time winningest football coach in Sid Otten. And it took them a couple years. And granted, they ran into a really, really good Hawkinson team at the peak of its um, run. Um, and then Linden as well. But now that they've kind of had this group funneling through and another group, you know, in that ninth grade class that's coming, um, this is a really good football team. Yes, they have two losses, but uh, maybe not as dominant as the past couple of years, but still good enough to be kind of like Bellevue, I think, a, a solid um one one seed heading into the state playoffs. Yeah, we talked about this in the preseason, Todd. Of is this Tumwater team a little bit down? Uh, you know, it's not down enough to shake them off the one line. But um, is this a team that in the preseason? I mean, I, I had seen them play in. You know, they were incomplete, but it was in a scrimmage that they hosted. Uh, they were just coaches saying, "Hey, this you know maybe this isn't the same Tumwater team." And and sure enough. Uh, they, they find a way and they just show how well oiled that machine is up there. So I want to give a quick shout out before we move on to uh, East Valley, the 16 seed out of Spokane, the 2A, uh, 2A GSH or GSL. And I want to give a shout out to Alonzo Vargas, the uh, a lineman and the kicker who kicked a 43 yard field goal in the second half that bounced through the uprights, went through and uh East Valley of Spokane beats Clarkston uh, in, I think it was like a Kansas tiebreaker out there for that two seed. So uh, it at really electric, uh, you know, kind of really cool story out of the GSL for East Valley to even be here in the first place. Uh, so I wanted to make mention of that, Alonzo Vargas. All right, we'll ask the same question we asked. Um, actually, we did not ask this question. We're going to hit you with another question at the two-way level. Who is the most dangerous road team out of this bunch, out of this field, Todd? Uh, is there one that stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, the obvious one's Enum Claw at nine. Yeah, uh, team that's played at higher levels. Um, that's a really, I mean, that's a, that's, that's going to be a really good matchup in 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 the first round going to Hawkinson. Uh, a team that after that Ridgefield loss has has played pretty well. Um, Enum Claw's, you know, two losses were to. Tom Water in week one and to still come at home um, in a low scoring game. Um, I don't, but other than that, I don't see a road team that I think is, you know, a, a, an upset special in week one. What surprised, I'll tell you what surprised me about this bracket. We, we've talked about this a little bit about 
the teams east. And Prosser has carried that baton for so long in 2A as 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 the team that, you know, goes far in, 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 in the postseason. And um, I'm not so sure how good the East is. I saw Othello, with Othello being an 11, um, Prosser being a 7. I, I think, you know, as good as Caden Rivera is, as good as the Mustangs are, um, I, think I think WF West, uh, the two-team out of the EVCO, will give Prosser all it can handle. You, you've seen the scores with Prosser, Andy. They played a lot of close games. They found ways to win. Um, but I just don't know. <laughs> they came back. They came back down three touchdowns uh, in a game that didn't. They already clinched the league, but yeah, they they came back to win down three touchdowns over the weekend, uh, or I think it was the Thursday game, one in overtime. Uh, Caden Rivera obviously can sling it around. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know how formidable the the East teams are. Um, the four teams that have gotten in, Shadel and and East Valley and then Othello and Prosser. So um, there, I think there's a chance that, that none of them get out of the first round and this could be an all West side bracket, but uh, that, you know, obviously that remains to be seen. All right. And then as much as you said, uh, you know, kind of following up your point, Todd, about the road team matchups and, and the best one being the highest seeded road team is Enumclaw. Uh, my best round one matchup here is going to be that Ian Claw Hawkinson game. I don't know where that game's being played yet, but I would imagine, uh, you know, those are two teams, like you said, uh, for those reasons uh, that are. It will be interested to see kind of how evenly matched they are, uh, especially with Hawkinson playing as well as it, as it as it is. So that's my round one matchup. Is there another you're particularly excited for? I'm interested to seeing. I don't think a lot, a lot of people know um, about Shadow Park. We talked about them, Jim Mace. Shadow Parks played up for a number of years. They're in the 2A ranks. They got a, uh, you know, they throw the ball around a lot and uh, I've got, got a good young group coming through. Um, good receivers, good quarterback. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see how North Kitsap handles the moment against the team that it's not real familiar with. I'm not picking an upset here, West Sounders. Um, I'm just curious to see how North Kitsap um, plays a team that it's, I, I imagine it knows very little about. And quite frankly, I don't think Shadow Park knows a whole lot about North Kitsap. And I would think that North Kitsap's probably had more publicity led by Colton Bauer than, than, than what Shadow had, Shadow Park has had. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm always curious to see those kind of games and where they're, they're kind of playing each other's out of, out of the shadows and have three days to kind of get caught up and, and, and devise a game plan. So, um, I, I also am, uh, I also kind of like that matchup from that, that perspective. All right, why don't we jump down to the 1A ranks? Starting at the top of that bracket, I'll read through it quickly. 11 seed Freeman taking on 6 seed Tenino. 14 seed Granite Falls goes and takes on 3 seed Linden Christian. Montesano is the 10 seed, takes on Riverside of Chatteroy, heads across the state to do it at the 7 line. 15 seed Chimicum takes on 2 seed Eatonville. 12 seed Zilla gets 5 seed Kings. 13 seed Omac gets number four Lakeside. Nine seed Toppenish takes on Mount Baker at the eight seed. And 16 seed Bellevue Christian uh, drives across the state over to Royal City, Washington to take over or to take on the number one seed in the 1A bracket, undisputed, defending 1A state champs, the Royal Knights. Uh, taking a look at this one seed, Todd, we've talked about it a lot in the weeks past. If you followed our coverage, uh, 
Royal has been on top of this state and has been as dominant a team on across you know on top of any classification as uh, as there has been. Um, and this year, even though they graduated, the Knights graduated you know a lot of key contributors off of that roster from the spring uh, that a lot of those guys won in 2019. Uh, They've just found ways to step up. Derek Bergeson's been tremendous at quarterback. Obviously, you know, him and Avery Ellis at the linebacker spot um, are very well oiled. And uh, the best, maybe the two best linebackers at that classification in the state, definitely among them. Royal is the one seed, Todd. No surprises here, but what are you going to be looking for for the Knights this postseason? Dominance. It's Wiley Allred time. It's it's Royal City time. I mean, this is, this is what they get up for. It's, you know, it's... Uh, I mentioned this earlier with with Paul Beatty on the on the uh, webcast that they are one of the few teams around the state that I notice as a third party observer when other teams get on the field with them there's just an aura they just kind of look across the field and go we're playing royal we're playing the royal knights the, the team that's dominated small school football in the state for a very long time um, you know uh, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't help that you know that Royal plays in their charcoal color uniforms, you know, the dark nights of, of one, a football. Um, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, when teams, before they even kick off it, you know, Royals, Royals got a seven, 14, nothing lead just based on reputation and aura. So, um, I, I know people look at their schedule, Andy. Yeah. Okay. They have, they've played one team that's in the, in the, uh, in the bracket that's Zilla, but I didn't hear these same people talking about Royal last year. Who's the who's saying who's saying this, Todd? Uh, people that want <laughs> people want that want to just sort of nitpick Royal. Uh, I don't, you know. I've just e- Eatonville fans. Eatonville fans. I, I can't deny that some are Eatonville fans, but I think maybe some are other fans are fans of other schools. But okay, fine. Yeah, they've they've played one team that's in the field, um, but I didn't hear this kind of I didn't hear this kind of talk last spring when they were beating up on 4A schools, Andy. I mean, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter who you put in front of this team. You know, it doesn't change when they, if they play Lake Stevens or if they play Natchez Valley. It just doesn't change. So um, I think, you know, they are as another definitive number one. No surprise. They should have been the number one all year uh, or all along, just like they've been all year. Well, Lynn and Christian really gave him a scare in the state championship game two years ago. LC has a you know a cast of different characters, but back on the three line, and, and Eatonville is roaring its head, hoping that those guys match up uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, I will say too, uh, they have played two teams in the field, had a non-league against Othello, uh, the 11 seed in, in the 2A field, and won. Wait for it, wait for it, 51 to three. So. Uh, not a lot of parity in Royal schedule. Uh, we'll see uh, if if and when it meets it here in this field. What's the uh, round one matchup you're most looking forward to? Man, this is a g- I, I really kind of like the Zilla Kings matchup, Andy. Um, you know, Z- Zilla has gone through some some turmoil, losing you know Clay Delp, um, but making this sort of this late season surge against a Kings team that not a lot of people have been paying attention to. I talked to Jim Shapiro on Friday and you know, the last time they were in the state playoffs was, was in 2015. They were in the state championship game and they lost to Royal city or they lost to Royal. And, and coach Shapiro said that this team with a lot of seniors 
and a lot of experience and very good balance, both in up with some size and some 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 wiggle in their in their skill position. Um, reminds him a lot of the 2015 team. He's that comfortable with this group. He thinks this group is poised to make a run. But I I don't know. There's something about this particular matchup that um, I think uh, maybe it's East versus West or whatnot, or the fact that Zilla's been in the playoffs a number of years, and it's been six years since Kings has been in the playoffs. But uh, this is the matchup that uh, that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna watch probably the most, or, or at least look out for. Yeah, uh, John Van Cleve has taken over at quarterback uh, for Zilla, and on Friday, in their uh, their win over Connell uh, to to uh, in the the SEAC crossover game. They let him throw the ball a little bit, threw a 52-yard touchdown pass on, like, you know, the first drive. Uh, he got to spread his wings a little bit, and, you know, it's – it's. I wonder – head coach Ryan Watson is – is he built that power spread offense, you know, specifically for the uh, oversight and the hands – the sure hands of four-year starter Clay Delp. He goes down with a collarbone break, and uh, now it seems like he's starting to get more comfortable with his junior signal collar, so um, – Kings, on the other hand, has earned that uh, has earned that home field advantage. Uh, they played a you know a solid two A team in Lakewood within a touchdown for its lone loss of the season and took care of business otherwise. So, I I agree with that matchup. Um, I, I'm really interested to see if Freeman can come make some noise heading over to Tonino. Um especially just because Freeman played even played Lakeside and uh, Riverside out of the one A Northeast League pretty well this year. Uh, it's a team that has a you know capable quarterback in Bowen Phelps. Uh, it's a team that has you know made deep playoff runs in years past, and they just have to go and play the Beavers, uh, who have also had a really good year with you know Takari Hinkle, uh, that very very good two way standout and Oregon State commit, um, and you know hey Tonino gave Eatonville its best game of the season this year. I, I don't know. Uh, I'd love to see that matchup again uh, at some point, but I don't know that we will. That being said, I like that game as well. So moving on to the 2B ranks, uh, I'm going to read off the field real quick, and then we'll uh, dive into the breakdown. 8-seed Davenport goes and takes on 9-seed Toledo. 5-seed on Alaska takes on 12-seed Riverview. Seven seed Goldendale gets Forks, the 10 seed. Uh, Columbia, the six seed, goes and takes on 11 seed Brewster. Uh, let's start up top, Todd. They went wire to wire. Uh, this is a field that's a 12 man field, so the top seeds Kalama at the one line, uh, Napavine at the two, Okanagan at the three, and Lynn Ritzfield at the four all get first round buys. Uh, we know Kalama going, you know, wire to wire as SB Live's number one uh, team in two uh, B. We know what they are. We know who Jackson Essery is. Uh, we know that that team, you know, Jackson Essery has played in two state championship games. That team is, is <clears throat> under head coach Sean McDonald has been familiar with this stage. Um, what else do we know about this two B field? And are, are there any other? Um, matchups here in this first round or any seating kind of discrepancies that poked out to you? Yeah. I mean, I thought Napa Vine had a, and Okanagan both had a, a had a, a light case to be a, a one seed, but I have no, I have no qualms with Kalama being on the one line with, with the best player in the classification leading the way they were, they were dominant. They played some schools up and, 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 and won games there. 
um, destroyed the defending state champ in, on Alaska when they played him. Um, you know, Jackson Essery is the, is the, is the biggest equalizer. It, you know, the, he's got, he's got some weapons, you know, uh, Max Cox, um, Jack Doherty. Um, you know, I, 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 I hear the, you know, the, the, the people saying, well, they're not physical enough to, you know, play physical teams and, and maybe they're not the most physical team, but they're seniors who have played against a lot of quality physical teams. So I think as long as they get enough stops against physical teams, um, I think Jackson Essary takes, takes care of the rest. Now, in terms of the first round, you know, I, I, the biggest question I had was who was going to be on the, on the, on the four line. And, and I have no problem with uh, Lynn Ritzfield Sprague being on the four, winning that league over there. Um, gives this bracket a little bit of balance, which means Ani has to play in the first round. They have to play a, you know, basically, a, essentially a, a first round game. And I think, I think that kind of fits into what makes them and what fuels them. And that's being underdogs. They, I don't think they enjoy being the defending state champs. I think they would rather be the team that nobody gives credit to or nobody respects. And the fact that they have to play a first round game um, will give them fuel for that. They still have hate. They still have tally. They still have Mozingo in that backfield. They still have a pretty quality line and a reputation. I think this is, even as a five seed, they're still very, very dangerous in these state playoffs, even with the losses and all those losses to one, a teams. And then obviously Napa Vine and Kalama. So they're not an ordinary, you know, four loss team. Um, so um, five, I'm sorry, five loss team. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of losses, but they play the hardest schedule bar none uh, in two B football. Moving down to the one B ranks. It's a similar setup with the 12-man state tournament, uh, meaning that the first four seeds get buys. Uh, I wasn't particularly surprised by the first four seeds. Uh, ACH won, uh, Odessa two, the two-time defending state champs, Quilcene three, Pomeroy four. Uh, they are all through to the second round, uh, but we get a you know we get a couple matchups that you know I think. I think these teams kind of should, you know, I, I would be surprised and I'll be interested to see how these teams kind of line up. Um, and, you know, in this opening round, Nacelle gets the five seed, so just barely misses. I know they've been working to get back to full strength. Uh, and then Nia Bay, which has taken a, you know, a couple losses there at the nine seed, uh, has to hit the road. So uh, against, you know, and play a, a Wilbur Creston team that's that's been pretty solid this year. So, uh, I think that Nia Bay Wilbercreston game should be pretty good. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nia Bay goes and uh, and takes one here in round one. How about Winlock? Congratulations to Winlock. The last time that they were in the state playoffs, they were a one eight school. Andy twenty almost twenty years ago, uh, making the field uh, in this twelve uh, team one B bracket. So it's nice to see, you know, some schools, some new blood in, in these brackets. And I know those kids are, are very, very excited for their chance to go and, and make a deep run. No question. Hopefully they can, uh, maybe they can, you know, shake it up a little bit. There's been a, a lot of the same names uh, year in and year out here in this 1B classification. So that wraps it up for this week's Breakdown Podcast. Uh, if you found us uh, anywhere other than your podcast feed, why don't you go to uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts and hit subscribe. Uh, head to SB Live or scorebooklive.com slash Washington to read high school sports coverage from up and down and across the great state of Washington, uh, including a lot of games covered over this weekend, breakdowns of these matchups, 
And if you got all the way to the end of this podcast and for whatever reason you thought, you know, gosh, one half of this podcast, I would just love to see on camera breaking stuff down. Go ahead to Eli Sports Network because uh, Paul Beatty and Todd Millis, my counterpart, uh, did a pretty darn good job doing this earlier today. Uh, It's on video. We appreciate you guys listening and following along and, and we're excited for what's to come. We'll be back on Wednesday to break down the best first round matchups across the state of Washington. Playoffs are here, Todd. I know. Let's do it. Can't wait to give you some scores, some score predictions for the first full week of state playoffs. We'll catch you then. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.